just for time's sake, let your eye run down to verse 8. Verse 8. And Elijah took his mantle and wrapped it together and smote the waters and they were divided hither and thither so that they too went over on dry ground. That is he and Elisha. Verse 9. And when it came to pass, when they were gone over, that Elijah said unto Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. And he said, Thou hast asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if thou seest me when I am taken from thee, it shall be so unto thee. But if not, it shall not be so. It came to pass, as they still went on and talked, that, behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire and parted them both asunder. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it and cried, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And he saw him no more. And he took hold of his own clothes and rent them in two pieces. And he took up also the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and went back and stood the bank of Jordan. And he took the mantle off Elijah that fell from him and smote the waters and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he also had smitten the waters, they parted hither and thither, and Elisha went over. And, the, and when the sons of the prophets which were to view Jericho saw it, they said, The spirit of Elijah doth rest on Elisha. And they came to meet him and bowed themselves to the ground before him. We'll stop there. Just keep your Bible open. The Lord bless the reading of his word. We have, the title is, Where is the Lord God of Elisha? Or Elijah, pardon me, as Elisha had said. And Elisha was Elijah's, if we can call him, his understudy. And if you read on before that, Elijah was moving on and Elisha would not let him go alone. But everywhere he went, Elisha went. We're told in the scriptures that Elisha followed him faithfully. And as we have looked through a few weeks now of Elijah, Elijah was a hurry man, it says. I don't know why the need to put that there, but it was a distinctive mark upon him. In second, first, second Kings chapter 1, it says in verse 8, And he was an hairy man, and girt with a girdle of leather about his loins. I don't know much about him, but we know he was a hairy man. So there you go. And it was an identification because Elijah to the northern kingdom in the house of Israel had been sent to Ahab, remember the king in Samaria, from the ungodly kingly line. It's not of God's line in Jerusalem. And he had said there'd be no dew nor rain, and then the rain came and all the miracles of the fire that had fallen. And when we get to this place, all of that is passed and over. And we find in the midst of all of this, this uh, Ahab is now gone and his son is in his stead and of course Elijah is still 
in the northern kingdom. So he sends uh, a man to Elijah, and that was the description that came back of Elijah. So this man who was sent, Elijah comes and announces the word of the Lord again. Second Kings chapter 1, briefly for me, please. Verse 1. Then Moab rebelled against Israel. That is, Moab rebelled against the northern kingdom. After the death of Ahab, that is the king who was in the northern kingdom, Ahab and Jezebel. And Ahaziah fell down through the lattice in his upper chamber that was in Samaria, the capital city that is, and was sick. And he sent messengers and said unto them, Go inquire of Beelzebub, the god of Akron, whether I shall, whether I shall recover of this disease. Notice here he's not looking for the God of Israel, Elijah's God. He's looking for a word from Beelzebub. Now, if you think our day and our an age that we live in in our nation today is any different, then you could be wrong. For people look toward and look for everything and anyone but to the living God, the Lord God of Israel. And they'll go and they'll try charms. And they'll try all manner of soothsayers, fortune tellers. They'll try even things like meditation and yogas and mantras and all of these things. And they'll try them to help themselves, to further themselves on. Whether it's for an illness, even a nervousness, an anxiousness, a sickness. They'll try all manner of things and put their faith in those things rather than prove the living God that he is still on his throne. And that's what was happening. Elijah meets the messenger and sends the word back. And he says he was a hurry man with a leather girdle. And you know what happened? He knew who he was talking about. It was Elijah the prophet. Now, Elisha is his understudy. And 10 years has passed from Elisha started to follow Elijah. And of course he's learning, he's watching Elijah, he's watching all that he does. And sometimes we find even in ministry, God is raising up someone else to take over that ministry, that anointed ministry of the man that God has anointed in the place. Here we find that Elijah is going to be taken up, as it says, in a whirlwind. And Elisha was to see him if he wanted the anointing. If he wanted the double portion, as it were, that he asked for, then he had to remain faithful. He had to keep his eyes on what God was doing with Elijah. And notice there was a school. You could go to school to learn about the Lord and to prophesy. What about that? A school of prophets. And so they were coming and they were saying even to Elisha at times, trying to put him off, testing his faith. And, and God has people in, in place where your faith will be tested. Things will be scrutinized. And people will love you and people will hate you. But if you're Christ and you're living for him, 
and serving him with a whole and a full heart, it doesn't matter who hates you when the Lord loves you. When you are his and you're called, what a witness and a reality of the existence of the living God in Elijah's life. And Elisha wants it. Elisha wants it. The house of Israel, the northern kingdom, has seen great miracles and yet they have heard great prophetic word and they still don't turn en masse onto God. Think of the preachers in our land. Think of those who preached up and down our nation. Think of those from Reformation right the whole way through time. Right the whole way through to those of the Spurgeons and the the Wesleys, the Whitfields. Think of those men and then think of those who, after the outpouring of the Spirit in the early 1900s, the George Jeffreys and all of those men, right up to recent years when we had great preachers across our land, the W.P. Nicholsons and so on. Pastor James McConnell, the Reverend Ian Paisley, who preached the unsearchable riches of Christ to our land and to our nation. And when they preached it, souls were saved. We think of what God has done in our land, and yet we still have a church now that's gone into this Laodicean period where they're neither cold nor hot, but they are lukewarm for themselves and not for God. The house of Israel had witnessed, as we have today, they have witnessed great preachers and great prophets with the word of God so fresh in them, so fresh, that it was as though it was just taken from, as it were, the ovens of heaven. And the bread had just freshly been broken from the hands of Christ and given to them as the bread was given to the disciples to feed the multitudes. And through troubles and trials and through dark times in our land and our nation, they preached and they preached on. We find today men are afraid to preach in case they get into trouble. They're afraid of what community will say, what government will do. They're afraid. And many of God's people, so-called, have withdrawn even from assembly, denying the word of God, forsaking not the assembling of yourselves together. It's the matter of some is. Afraid of what will happen if they say too strong of a word. Notice here, brothers and sisters, we know that Elijah came from Gilead. Not much is known about it, but in Genesis 31, we'll not turn there for time's sake. In Genesis 31, Jacob is in Gilead region. He goes to uh, Laban, who is his uncle, his mother's brother. And there he labors for seven years for Rachel. And Laban tricks him and gives him Leah. And he worked for seven years for Rachel, but he got Leah. So he worked for another seven years and he got Rachel. Then the twister Jacob ends up twisting things. 
on Laban and they start to flee. Laban chases him up. And Jacob's wondering, are we going to be in so much trouble we'll die here? In verse 24 of Genesis 31, this is what it says. The Lord says to Laban, Take heed that thou speak not to Jacob either good or bad. The Lord warned him, Don't you put a hand on him. The Lord warned Laban, Don't even speak bad against him or good. Just watch your words. Now, if God thinks that about our words, what does he think about your and my words? What does he think about it? What does he think about it? How we speak about others, about brothers and sisters. And, you know, there are people who are ministering for the Lord to the best of their ability, and people have nothing but grapes about it and talk around the table. What does the Lord think of that? You minister all the time in the street. And I know you get it all the time in the neck. What does God think about those kinds of words where anyone who's doing the Lord's work and serving him and in his place, in her place, what does the Lord think? He warns Laban, Take heed that thou speak not unto Jacob either good or bad. You see, God had a plan to preserve. Notice, God had a plan to preserve Jacob and his seed. And even as we heard on Wednesday, in the sovereignty of God and the wonderful election of God, God preserves his seed. He has preserved you and he's preserved me. It's called the perseverance of the saints. And here God was preserving his seed. Verse 49 of Genesis 31 says, For he that is Laban said, The Lord watch between me and thee when we are absent one from another. You know where this is? This is in Gilead where Elijah will come from. I want you to take note of this. This is in Mount Gilead. Way before Elijah's even thought off, way before he's born or he's a twinkling in his mummy's eye, whoever she was. God looked down and knew this plan and purpose. And then he says, pardon me, then it says, for he, Laban, said, the Lord watch between me and thee when we are absent one from another. Gilead became known as the mountain of the watchtower or the mountain of the testimony. And so the two men, Jacob and Laban, set up a pillar under God. We promise that God will be the watchman between us if we go to hurt one another. Take note of this. You and I, Alison said to me, I told her about this uh, years ago, like we were talking about this, but she said to me recently, and I told her what I was speaking on, and she says, you're not going to mention Mizpah, are you? I said, I am. She says, I don't ruin it for everyone. See, you and I get nice wee cards that says Mizpah on it, doesn't it? You know, nice wee cards from the, you know, from the Faith Mission of River shop you go to, and you have Mizpah on it. The Lord watched between me and thee while we are apart one from another. That's not what it means, do you know that? 
That is not what it means. Here's what it means. The Lord watch you and the Lord will watch me to see what you're up to. In case you come and attack me, my God is watching you. That's what it means. Sorry if I, if I ruined it on you. This is what was between these two men. They called it Mizpah. And because of the animosity, the pillar was set on Mount Gilead. And they went, God will watch you. And Jacob says, well, your God's a dead God. Because your God is a heathen God. But that our God called my grandfather out of the earth of the Chaldees, Abraham, and showed him the living God, so my God will watch you. Brothers and sisters, you know what you do when you're attacked by others? Just bring it to your Lord. Bring it to the Lord and say, you know, Lord, you deal with it. That's what Mizpah really and truly means. Strange thing is that although a Hebrew... Laban was not yet and had not yet had God revealed to him for Abraham was a stargazer before he was called by grace by Yahweh. We find here it means the witness or the heap of witness. There's a witness here of what has happened. From the Mount of Testimony so they parted one from another. In Psalm 121 and verse 2, Psalmist writes, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. And many of us quote that. I lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. And that's good. It doesn't finish there. My help cometh from the Lord, which made her the maker of heaven and earth. Notice, they used to go out, out of their town or out of their encampment, I should say, and up in the hills and plant their little groves, little groves of trees. And there they put little altars there and they went and they made little idols there. And there they bowed to the heathen deities. The heathen deities with spirit behind it was the spirit of Beelzebub, whom in chapter 1, Amaziah wanted to know what those deities said. Here's the difference in the God of Israel and the God of the heathen. They went out into the hills, the mountains, and the groves, but the God of Israel was in the center of the encampment among his people. And the temple of the God of Israel, you know where it is today? It's here. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Among the people in our nation. Take note here. We do reverence the God who made the heavens and the earth. We look onto the hills and think of their majesty. But we look further to the living God. The creator. The maker of the heavens and the earth. So ten years has passed. From Elisha had been following Elijah. And 10 is a wonderful number in the scripture. 10 implies that nothing is wanting. Notice 10 implies that nothing is wanting. And that number and that order is 
perfect. The number 10. The number 10. For example, we have the 10 moral commandments. Perfect wanting nothing. That's why they want to do away with the Ten Commandments. We have the Ten Plagues of Egypt, the tenth being the death angel coming through Egypt when I, I'm passing through, but when I see the blood of the Lamb, God says, I will pass over. That was the tenth and perfect one to bring Israel out of Egypt. Redemption. Perfect. And from Abraham's first calling and departure from Haran onto the, the Mount Moriah where he went to offer up his son, his only son, Isaac, whom he loved, for a burnt offering, to lift the knife, to thrust it into his chest from Haran to the mountain where he would offer his son. There were ten temptations of Abraham, ten temptations of faith. And the thing about the last one was it's the picture of Christ. He is the, the Father's Son, the Son of His love, the, the only begotten Son of God. Only the knife, as it were, was not held back from slaying, but Christ died on the cross. And the Father gave His Son that we might be saved and redeemed. Ten parables. Or pardon me, the parable of ten virgins. And of course now the ten tribes of Israel were, they would be brought into judgment, scattered, lost, regathered, hear the word, and become the Christian nations of the world. What a perfect, perfect number God has given us. Notice here, Elijah was a type or a foreshadowing of John the Baptist. We looked at that. Malachi 3, the Lord says, Behold, the day has come, I will send Elijah the prophet before the great and uh, dreadful day of the Lord. In Matthew chapter 11, the Lord Jesus is asked, uh, Lord Jesus, pardon me, says, If you can hear this saying, this is Elijah, which was for to come. Speaking of John the Baptist, in Matthew 11, Jesus says John the Baptist was Elijah that was promised by Malachi. John chapter 1. In John chapter 1, he says, it says that the Jews asked John, Art thou Elias or Elijah the prophet? Art thou that prophet? And he said, No. Jesus said he was. John says he, says he wasn't. But the angel Gabriel coming to Elizabeth John the Baptist's mother, mother was going to have this baby, goes to Zacharias, his father, and says, he shall come in the spirit and power of Elijah. So everything was tied together. He was in the spirit, but not an actual person. So Jesus was right, John was right, and the angel was right. And it was a threefold witness. But here's the thing. Before the great and dreadful day of the Lord. That hasn't come yet. I know people believe that Elijah will be sent. I don't believe that. I believe the Elijah is still the spirit and power of Elijah. Sent into the body of Christ. 
to raise up men, women, who will be fearless in these last days of Jezebel who ruled with Ahab over the nation that is having us all in control with an antichrist spirit flowing through it and he's raising up men and women. And whether it's in the streets or in the pulpit or wherever you may be, he's going to raise up men and women. And the men are going to be able to go and say, thus saith the Lord to government as Elijah did. Thus saith the Lord to community and bring the word of God to them. We need we need to ask, where is the Lord God of Elijah? But here's the thing. It's not so much where is the Lord God of Elijah. It's where are the Elijahs of God. Is there someone listening this morning who will say, Lord, let that be me. I want to be that Elijah who will stand before men without fear and favor. I want to be that man. I want to be that person filled with the Spirit. I want to see you move in power and glory. And even though I've had to go into hiding at times and go from place to place to preach for even my life was a stake, that I'm still willing to stand up and be counted. Lord, count me in. Where are the Elijahs of God? Take note. We have a, a Elijah, Elijah type of, pardon me, John the Baptist, a type of Elijah. We have Elisha comes after with a greater anointing, the type of the Lord Jesus Christ. He became more winsome than Elijah. Yet he was more powerful having a double portion. Could I for a few moments, and I don't know how long this will take me. I'll do this to close. I might have to do another one next week. I don't know. I'm going to put my, my watch there and turn it upside down. You see, cries, where is the Lord God of Elijah? Remember, the God of Elijah is the God of creation. He's the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob. He's the God of Joseph, and Moses, and Joshua, and Gideon, and Samuel, and David, and Solomon. He's the God of the prophets. He's the God of Israel. He separated the Red Sea. He separated the river Jordan for Joshua. He felled the walls of Jericho. And he caused the sun to stand still. He gave Gideon victory over the Midianites. And that was through a shout and a smashed broken vessel. He gave David hands of war when he needed it. And by his God he could run through a troop. And by his God he could leap over a wall. He gave him a heart after God. He gave Solomon wisdom above all others and above all else. Who is this God? His name is Jesus. He is the Lord Jesus Christ. His name is Jesus and he is the author and the finisher of our faith. His name is Jesus 
and he is the altogether lovely one. His name is Jesus, and he is our all and all who love him and are everything. The Lord Jesus is the anchor of the soul. The Lord Jesus is our advocate above, our barrister, our solicitor in glory. The Lord Jesus Christ is the almighty God. He is the ancient of days. He came as the angel of the Lord. He is the arm of the Lord made bare. And he is the chief apostle of God sent unto us. The Lord Jesus, he was born as a babe in a manger, yet he is called the, the, the blessed and only potentate. He is the bright and the morning star, and he is the beginning of all the creation of God. He is the beginning and the ending and everything in between. He is the brightness of the Father's glory. He's called the beloved. He's our brother and our bridegroom who is coming. The Lord Jesus is as the brazen serpent on the pole, and all who look at him shall live. The Lord Jesus Christ, he is the righteous branch, and he is the bread of life. He is our creator God, yet he became a child like a man. He is our commander and the captain of our salvation. He is the Lord of hosts, and he is the chiefest among every 10,000 and the chiefest among any 10,000. The Lord Jesus Christ, he is a covert from the tempest. He's our city of refuge and the Christian's confidence. He is chosen of God, called and consecrated, and he's the covenant of the people. He's the chief cornerstone and he's the father's crown of glory and he is the diadem of beauty. He is our commander. He is our comforter. He is the consolation of Israel. The Lord Jesus Christ, he is the delight of his father and the father's dear son. He is the son of God. He's the Jew of heaven. He is the desire of all nations. The day star, the day spring, our day's man. The Lord Jesus Christ he is the door of the sheep, and he is the dwelling place of all the saints and the defense of all of his own. The Lord Jesus, he is great David's greater son, and he was despised and rejected of men. And yet he is the deliverer of all who will call on him and come to him. The Lord Jesus Christ, he is the ensign to the nations. He who is equal with God and is God. He is the express image of God and he is the everlasting father, the prince of peace. He is the elect of God. He is the end of the curse of the law for he kept the law that we could not keep. He kept it on our behalf. The Lord Jesus Christ is the example to all the saints. He gives eternal life, for he is eternal life. And he lights up the hearts and the lives of all who know him, who love him, who want him, and who are saved by him. He is our friend that sticketh closer than a brother. And he is the firstborn among many of his brethren. 
He is the first begotten of the dead. He's the first fruits. And he is the faithful witness of God. He is the faithful creator. The one who is fairer than the children of men. He is our foundation. He is our fortress. And he is the fountain of living waters. He is a fountain open in the house of David for sin and for uncleanness, brothers and sisters. Praise him this morning. Worship him this morning. Glorify him this morning. We're not finished yet. He is our God. He's the governor among the nations. He's our guest here. He's our guide in life. And he's our glory. He's the head and the only head of the church. He's the head over all principalities and powers. Oh, Satan trembles when he sees the weakest saint upon his knees because Satan, he must buy at the name of Jesus. He is the head of all principality and of powers. He is the head over all things and he is the very cornerstone. Yes, the Lord Jesus Christ, he is the image of the invisible God. He is the immortal, the incorruptible. He's called Emmanuel, which being interpreted means God with us. He is the I am that I am. I am what you need. I am with you always. I am what you need, when you need it, how you need it, and where you need it. He is the great I am, he said, I am the bread of life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the door of the sheep. I am the true vine. I am the light of the world. And I am the good shepherd that giveth his life for the sheep. Glory, glory to his name. Yes, he is Jehovah Jireh our provider. He is Jehovah Nisi, our banner. He is Jehovah Shalom, our peace. He is Jehovah Shammah, ever present with us. He is Jehovah Sekenu, our righteousness. He's Jehovah Makedeshkim, the sanctifier of our souls. And he is Jehovah Rapha, still the healer. He is Jesus. He is great and greatly to be praised, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, he is the just one. He is the judge. And the Lord Jesus Christ is our keeper. He is the king of kings. He is the Lord of all lords and above all others. He is the king of saints, the king of glory, and he is the light of life. He is the love of God in great manifestation. For there on the cross, he spread his hands and cried, It is finished. He is alive after the power of an endless life. He's the man in the glory interceding for us, our great and our wonderful high priest. Oh, brothers and sisters, give him the glory this morning. Oh, bless him. And we're not finished yet. He is the lion of the tribe of Judah. He is the Lord God omnipotent. He is the Lord God of heaven. He is the Lord of hosts. He is the Lord of Sabaoth. 
He is the Lord of the dead and the living. He is the Lord of the harvest. He is the Lord of the whole earth. He is the Lord of glory. And he is the lawgiver, Lord over all. He is the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world, who shed his precious blood. And he is the Lamb in the midst of the throne in heaven. He is the Lamb with the wounds in his hands and his feet and his riven side, his back and upon his head. He is the wonderful Lamb of God. He's a lamb who was slain. He is the man of man, and he's the man of God's right hand. And the Father says of him, he is the man, my fellow. He is the Father's son. He is the man of sorrows. He is the man of Calvary, the man of Galilee. His name is the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the Messiah. He is the mighty God. He is the most high God. He's the most mighty, and he's the mighty one, and he's mighty to save. He is the most holy and the most upright. He is our master, our teacher, and he is our ruler. Oh, we love him this morning. We bless him this morning. And I want to say, Jesus I love you, Lord, this morning. Notice here. I'm still not finished. Get you the clap just to give me a wee breath. Yes, he's all of these things, and he is so much more. He is the messenger of the covenant. He is the minister of circumcision. He's the man of war, and yet he's our mediator. He's our great Melchizedek, and he is the minister of the heavenly sanctuary. He's our mercy seat. He's our merciful and faithful high priest, and he's as fresh as the manna in the mornings, and he is as applicable as the mirror and the camphor. He is the Nazarene. He is the offspring of David, the only begotten Son of God. He is God, our Savior, the only wise God, omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent, and omnibenevolent God. He is the offering for sin. The Lord Jesus Christ is the Passover and our peace offering. He's our propitiation for sins. He's the prince and the savior. He's the prince of life, the preserver of men. He's precious, and he is our portion. He is the plant of renown. He is the tender plant. He's the root out of a dry ground. The Lord Jesus is the prophet to Israel. He is a priest for Israel, and he's a king Over Israel, the Lord Jesus Christ is the quickening spirit of the scriptures. He is the resurrection of the dead. He's the root of Jesse. He's the rose of Sharon and the lily of the valley's fair. The Lord Jesus Christ is rich unto all who call upon his name. Oh, brothers and sisters, what a savior. We're still not finished. He's our redeemer and our ransom. He's the refiner of men and the purifier of souls. He's the rock of ages, yet a rock of offense to many. He's a refuge from the storm and rivers of living water. He's the star of Jacob. And he's the son of righteousness. 
He's the shepherd and bishop of our souls. He's the sower who sows, and he's the stone of stumbling. He's the seed of the woman. He is the son of the blessed, the son of the highest. He's the son of man. He's the son of David. He's our scapegoat, our surety, our savior, our salvation. He's a great servant. He's the son of man. He's our shadow, and he's our sanctuary. Our Lord Jesus Christ is everything to us. We're still not finished. Not as fit as he used to be. He's our sword and shield. Yet our shield and our buckler. He's our scepter. And he's our stronghold. He's greater than Solomon. And he's a shadow of a great rock and a weary land. He's a, a shadow from the heat. His name is the Lord Jesus Christ. And he is the truth. He's our treasure. And he's the testator. He is the tabernacle of God among men and the tree of life. He is God's unspeakable gift. He's God's witness and he's the word of God. He's the wisdom of God. He's the way to God. And he's a wall of fire around his people. His name is called Wonderful. Counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father and the Prince of Peace. He is the well-beloved. His name means Jehovah saves. His name means that Yah, Savior. The Lord Jesus Christ. As announced by the angel of his birth to Mary, thou shalt call his name. What is it? Thou shalt call his name. What's his name? His name is Jesus, for he shall, come on brothers and sisters, he shall what? He shall save his people from their sins. Oh yes. In Philippians 2, Paul says, Wherefore God hath also given him a name which is above every other name. That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven, of things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Peter says, neither is there salvation in any other, for there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Oh, brothers and sisters, his name is Jesus. He changes lives. He renews minds. He delivers addiction, addicts from their addiction. He rejoices the spirit. He sets at liberty the captive. Cleanses the soul and washes us in his blood. The worthy, pardon me, the unworthy is made worthy. Those without hope find hope. The helpless find help. And he comes and he gets into the mire and digs us out from our sin. Wherefore, the Lord will come again with ten thousands of his saints. And we're going to be with him. What a saviour. What a God. Some trust in chariots and some in horses. But we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Oh, what could we say in our land today? Where is the Lord God of Elijah? He's in you. He's with you. He's for you.
And that old hymn we used to sing, Oh God, our help. And the ages past, our hope for years to come is shelter from the stormy blast and our eternal home. Oh God, our help in ages past, our hope for years to come. A shelter from a stormy blast and our eternal home. Oh, Father, will you fill your people again with passion for your Son, with love, Lord, for him. Will you fill them, Lord, with courage that they may go forth without fear and without favor of man. We ask you, God, that you would cause them to be the Elijah company that would stand up, stand up for Jesus and be soldiers of the cross. And we pray, O God, you give each and every one of us a new vision, a fresh anointing, O God, that we may go on to know you in a greater way and see our nation turned around again and see even Ireland born again. We pray in Jesus' name, Father, that you would move upon this united kingdom. And, oh, Father, that you would speak to government, that you would speak to royalty. And, oh, God, you'd read out all sin and uncleanness. And may they come under that fountain of blood which was opened out in the house of David. Oh, God, move upon them, we pray. And, Father, give your people, give your people grit and determination. Oh, the perseverance of the saints to go on with you and, oh, to serve you with all of our hearts. Lord, we love you and we worship you. We bless you and we adore you. We tell you there's none like you. Oh, bless them, brothers and sisters. The team's going to come up. And if to preach a big subject tonight, my voice is near gone. I shouldn't have done that.